uh, our friend with the yellow suit. We've seen him a few times in this series. Uh, he just doesn't want to get any of that on him, does he? The soul toxins, the fear, none of that. You know, growing up, I used to be afraid of a lot of things. I know you look at me today and you think, well, that's impossible, a manly man like yourself. Oh, strapping and ruggedly handsome, being afraid of anything. I know. Uh, one day when I was about five, I got stung by several wasps. It was like a whole bunch, probably thousands. Uh, really, it's probably about three or four, but man, whew. I realized something. As much as that hurt, at that moment, it hurt so bad. The pain didn't really last that long. Uh, I kind of grasped onto that, I guess you could say, at the young age of five, and I started calling out my fears. I was afraid of the dark. And uh, so when I was about six, I decided to go into our basement in Sullivan, Indiana, and get my eyes adjusted to the dark so I could see better and not be afraid of the dark. It's not a bad idea, except I didn't tell anybody what my plan was. I ended up falling asleep in the basement, and about six hours later, they found me. Apparently, there were a lot of people uh, looking for me. We lived around some cornfields, and there was, you know, neighbors and family had come out. I just fell asleep. Uh, I rode my tricycle off the porch twice. <laughs> I didn't say I was smart. I just said I was going to face my fears. I remember being afraid of heights. Uh, I was a little bit older. I guess I was about seven. Uh, and my cousin and his friends, there was this old house next to my granny's. It was, it was like an old cabin. And they stored a bunch of junk in it. And they were always like, stay away from that house. They were telling us that because like the wood was rotting and, you know, but we're kids and we're boys. And so we go over to this house. It was two stories and we were messing around. And my cousin, he's a little bit older, a couple of his buddies, they climb out the window and they're on the roof. And I'm like, I could do that. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I climb out the window and we're all messing around. I'm the lucky one. I find that one wooden shingle. Who remembers old wooden shingles? Go ahead. It's okay. Wooden shingle. And it was the rotted one. And it slips out from underneath me. And here I go off the roof. I went sliding down the roof. As I'm headed to the ground, all I remember was like there was this big willow tree that grew next to it. That this huge willow tree. And I was grabbing willow branches like Donkey Kong. I was just like <laughs> praying I had hands on my feet so I could grab those things. I just slid all the way down. I fall flat on my back. And I remember saying with my last breath, I'm okay. <laughs> Don't tell granny. <laughs> yeah, I should have probably faced my fears differently. But I have many stories about facing fears and about growing up. What about you? What were you afraid of when you were growing up? Were you afraid of the dark? Were you afraid of thunderstorms? Were you afraid of maybe crossing over bridges? Were you afraid of driving past cemeteries? Maybe you were afraid of birds. I had a professor in college who was deathly afraid of birds. And we lived in Florida, so it's like birds are year-round. They don't leave. You know, <laughs> everybody comes to Florida, even the birds in the wintertime. It was great to watch her walk out to her car sometimes because there'd be like the birds out by her field. And she'd be like, we go out there and scare them away. And we did because we felt bad for her. But she was deathly afraid of birds. Spiders. Anybody afraid of spiders? Okay. Um, how about uh, something under the bed? Anybody afraid of that? No? No? Uh, maybe something in the closet. Anybody afraid of something in the closet? Shower curtains. Anybody afraid of shower curtains? You saw Psycho. Yeah. Uh, maybe clowns. Anybody afraid of clowns? How about clowns behind a shower curtain? You afraid of that? There you go. Um, snakes. I mean, we could make a list of our childhood fears and maybe your fears were kind of like this. Check out this clip I found about fears. This is pretty cool. 
There you have it. You know, we look back, we laugh at those fears. We know there's nothing in the closet. But what about now? Most of us at this very minute right now are battling some very adult fears each and every day of our lives. We fear things like losing our jobs, getting sick, our kids getting sick. We fear things like running out of money, going bankrupt, getting a divorce, being betrayed by the people that we love. Maybe you fear fatal accidents. The reality is that fear poisons each of us a little bit each day if we don't face it head on and nullify its power. Last Sunday, I put these giant sticky notes all around our classrooms in our Sunday school classes, and I asked you to share your fears. As you look around the auditorium today, you can see these sticky notes, and they say things about fear and about being scared. So I want you to do me a favor, a little bit of interaction. If you're close enough and your vision's good, go ahead and just read off some of the things that people wrote as their fears. Just just holler them out. Go ahead. Huh? Spiders. Teenage boys. Okay. Idiots. Fat rock. Ow. Where's that one at? Uh, This one up here says, oh, this one says rejection. Um, The effects of selfishness. Dennis, what are some more over on your side? Behind you. School, crazy people. Okay, what about over on this side? What do we got over here? Tornadoes and storms. What about uh, behind you? Fear? Who said fear? Loneliness. Children not knowing Christ. Needles. Clapping monkeys. Don't judge. Don't judge. Those. You know, <laughs> clapping monkey. That's one I've never thought to be afraid of. Here's, I'm not judging. Here's something I learned in, in studying about fear this week. I found out something very interesting, and, and you may or may not be able to help me validate this. It says, I, was, I, was, I learned that babies only have two fears, the fear of falling and the fear of loud noises. All other fears are learned. So if anybody has a baby they'd like to bring up, I want to do a quick... Ex- I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm just kidding. Keep, keep the babies. I'm not going to do any experiment. No. Fear of falling, fear of loud noises. That's, that's what, what I came across. Everything else is learned. I think that we have to face our greatest fears in order to reach our greatest potential. And the only way to do that is if we allow God to lead us. Now, I know I'm right on this one because I face one of my greatest fears every week. As a matter of fact, I'm doing it right now. Speaking in front of people. I know, you're shocked. (laughs) You're thinking, you're such an extraordinary person. Such an eloquent speaker. Your voice is like that of singing angels. How, how, you're an extroverted person. How could you be afraid of speaking in front of people? I'm going to tell you a secret. A few people know this. Up until about a year ago, public speaking of any kind would make me physically sick. Now, I shared this with people in the past, and they say things like, well, it's always, it's always good to be a little nervous. It reminds you that God is in control. I, I get it. That's true. But I'm not talking about a little nervous. I would get downright sick. I've been known to preach with a trash can close by. <laughs> Once I even walked off of stage talked with Ralph, 
came back with a bottle of water and kept on with the message. I had a good sound guy that day. He muted my mic and everything. And most people just thought it was kind of something I did for dramatic effect. I fear public speaking. I've never backed down from an opportunity to speak. I figured if God gave me a big mouth, I need to use it for something good most of the time. So here I am. But I also thought one day, you know, if I allow my fear of public speaking to keep me from preaching the word of God, then Satan wins. My fear cripples me. More than that, there will be people in this world that may not have heard the message of Jesus. I have preached in places uh, in Haiti and in Mexico and stuff with with interpreters and translators and things like that. And And I think if I actually curtailed down to my fear of public speaking, there could be people who haven't heard a life-saving message. There, there, are, there are people I've sat down with, uh, adults, where I've talked about, about leadership and I've talked about teaching kids and things like that in other countries that had I backed down from this fear of, of public speaking that wouldn't be serving kids right now, that wouldn't be teaching lessons, that wouldn't be leading churches. Um, and I'm just a vessel, not that, oh, you know, that's not where I'm going with that at all. It's just, if I would have allowed the fear to overtake me, that's where I would have been. And too often, we allow our fears to pollute our minds and what God has called us to do. That's where this whole scare pollution thing comes from today. At some point, you have to face your fears. You have to allow God to lead you through them. And that's where we're going to land. That's what I'm going to talk about. Will you pray with me? Father God, we, we come before you. We've laughed, we've worshipped, we've sang, we've, we've given. And right now, Lord, I pray that you will help us let go. Because for some reason, we tend to hold on to fear like it's a comforting thing. I pray, Lord, that whatever fear we may be struggling with in this room, that you will help us to release it. You will help us to let it go. Because the reality is that when we have fear in something else, we don't have faith in you. And so I pray that today will be a day of, of cleansing out our fear, getting rid of that pollution of, of fear. I thank you for giving us strength to face fears, for giving us courage to stand up for you and, and to speak your word. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen. So what is fear? Some people say that fear is a lack of faith. But I disagree. I think that fear takes a whole truckload of faith. It's just faith in the wrong things. I'll say it this way. Fear is putting your faith in the what ifs rather than putting your faith in God is. See, because we go along and what if this and what if that. But the reality is God is. He is here. He is going to help you through it. He is going to take care of your needs. So. In that regard, if, if all of our fears going back to the baby, being afraid of loud things and falling, and all of our other fears are learned, that means that all the things you're scared of right now, you've brought on yourself. We've allowed the, the world to manipulate us to tell us what we're afraid of. And I also figure that most of our adult fears fall into four categories. The fear of loss. So I want you to start thinking about these today. I want you to start thinking about these things over the next few minutes. What are you afraid of most losing right now? What are you afraid of losing? You afraid of losing your job? You afraid of losing your health? You afraid of losing your house? 
You afraid of losing the love of your life? I don't know what you're afraid of losing, but, but I think our fears fall under the fear of loss. The next one is failure. What are you afraid of failing at? This one goes no matter what your age is. Kids, are you afraid of failing at school, college, new jobs? Parents, are you afraid of failing as being parents? Because um, you will, but it's okay. Um, we, failure is part of what we do, but we can't fear failure, but we do. We fear failure. The next one is rejection. Everybody fears this one. Are you ever afraid that people might not like you just because you're you? There's also the fear of the unknown, the what if. This is the big one. Uh, what if I get a terminal illness? What if that happens to somebody I love? Oh, we worry about things we can't control. What if I lose my job? What, what's going to happen in the future? What if no one ever truly loves me? What are you afraid of knowing? Some people are afraid of knowing things. Ooh, I didn't want to know that. Too much information. Maybe there's things you would just prefer to stay in the dark about. 1 Timothy 1.7 says, For God has not given us a spirit of timidity, but of power and love and discipline. Now, if that's true, raise your hand if you think that's true. Am I the only one? Okay, most of us think that's true. Okay, good. If that's true, that God has not given us a spirit of timidity, but of power and love and discipline, then why do we seem to be consumed with fear? If what God has given us is power and love and, and a discipline or a sound mind, why, why do we live life with fear? I can tell you this about fear. It reveals what we value most. I'll give you some examples. Uh, take a minute. Examine the things that you fear. Write them down if you need to. You don't have to share them with anybody. But you can write them down just so you can kind of have them and look at them. Because when we examine our fears, it really can bring to light where our priorities are. For example, if you fear losing your marriage, it shows that you really value your spouse as a person, that you, you really care about your kids and your commitment to marriage. If you fear going into college or maybe you fear graduating college or, or failure to get a job when you finish college, it shows you don't want all that hard work and study to go unused and that you especially want to get those student loans paid for. Maybe your fear is rejection. Your fear is that people won't like the real you. So you cover it up with hair dye and makeup. Or if you're a guy, you cover yourself with manliness and coolness and working out and muscles and things like that because you want to be accepted. Maybe your fear of rejection is because you don't like yourself all that much, so you're simply trying to make a version of you that you like. Well, I get it. It shows the things that are important to you. Maybe your fear is the unknown. Things I mentioned a minute ago, disease and, and things happening in your life you have no control over, all of those are viable fears. And, and if those are your fears, they really help you to focus on what you don't want to happen in your life. And I'll tell you, the what-ifs can be the most crippling fears. But really, I think the more correct way to say this is that fear reveals where you trust God the least. That means we're not asking God for direction in those areas. We're not asking God for strength in those areas. We're not asking God to help us endure those areas. We're just being fearful of them. You know, Matthew tells us in six, chapter 6, verse 27, when we start to worry about the what ifs, verse 27, he says, And who of you, by being worried, can add a single hour to his life? 
Our problem is we try to handle our fears and our insecurities and our worry the same way the world does. Yes, even Christians. We try to handle those things the way the world prescribes them. We hide behind fears and failures. We mask them. We go behind the scenes with actions. We numb the hurt of our fears with things like drinking and taking pills. I know, they're prescribed. Back off, you don't know what you're talking about. I'm just saying. People try to conquer their fears by conquering the buffet. I get it. You think about that one. It doesn't matter if you're trying to battle and hide your fears with alcohol or pills or meth or food or ice cream when you've had a bad day or anger. The reality is we've got to allow something besides those things to triumph over our fears. Listen, if you have a fear of failure, eating yourself into 20 extra pounds isn't going to conquer that fear. Stop looking at me like that. <laughs> you know what does triumph our fears? I mean, the, not just our little fears, but, but what triumphs our this shakes you to the core fear. Do you know what triumphs those fears? It's another F word. Faith. Listen to what God's word says about faith. And I want you to think about the people that I'm going to mention here and how they live their lives. Starts in Hebrews chapter 11. I'm going to start in verse 1. I'm just going to read until I stop. So it goes like this. Faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. For by it, the men of old gained approval. By faith, we must understand that the worlds were prepared by the word of God so that what is seen was not made out of things which are visible. By faith, Abel offered to God a better sacrifice than Cain, through which he obtained the testimony that he was righteous. God testifying about this, about his gifts and through faith, though he is dead, he still speaks. By faith, Enoch was taken up so that he would not see death. And he was not found because God took him up, for he obtained the witness that before his being taken up was pleasing to God. Enoch didn't fear death. He didn't have to. Verse 6, And without faith it is impossible to please him, for he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who seek him. By faith, Noah, being warned by God about things not yet seen in reverence, prepared an ark for the salvation of his household, by which he condemned the world and became an heir of the righteousness which is according to faith. You don't think Noah had some fear building that ark? Well, the neighbors came by and asked him what was wrong with him, what he was doing. I think the fear was on the other hand when it started to rain, though. Verse 8, by faith, Abraham... When called, obeyed by going out to a place which he was to receive for an inheritance. He went out not knowing where he was going. By faith he lived as an alien in the land of promise, as in a foreign land, dwelling in tents with Isaac and Jacob, fellow heirs of the same promise. For he was looking for the city which has foundations, whose architect and builder is God. We talk about having a fear of losing our kids. Abraham is one of those people that God said, sacrifice your son to me. Verse 11, by faith, even Sarah herself received ability to conceive even beyond the proper time of life since she considered him faithful who had promised. Therefore, there was born even of one man and him as good as dead, meaning Abraham was old his mom, and, and Sarah were old, as good as dead at that 
as many descendants as the stars of the heaven in number and innumerable as the sand which is by the seashore. All of these people had real fears. Sarah thought she was going to live her whole life and never have a son. Abraham thought he wasn't going to be able to do it through Sarah because she was barren. So he tried to work his own magic with that and that didn't go well. God's promise was fulfilled. All these people had fears. They had real fear. But it was laid to rest by faith that God would do what he says he's going to do. And I don't know what your fear is today, but I want you to lay it aside. Because having faith, God will do what he says he's going to do. He's going to provide for you. He's going to care for you. He's going to protect you. That's what God's going to do. We may not quite understand the reality of how it works out, but he's going to do what he says he's going to do. You see, when, when you have a persistent fear in a given area of your life, maybe that's the warning light you need. Maybe that's going off like your check engine light, that you're not depending on God to handle it. That little light goes off in my car. I'm not going to pull over and diagnose what's wrong with my engine. It's going to the shop. Because if not, I fear something's going to happen to my car. But we get all wrapped up in our fears, and that should be a symbol. That should be a warning to us that we need to go back to God, and we need to let God handle these things. We need to have faith that he's going to do what he says he's going to do. Because without faith, it's impossible to please God. You remember King David? He was being chased by Saul before he was actually king. And I want to read from Psalm 56 what David wrote. He said, Be gracious to me, O God, for man has trampled upon me. Fighting all day long, he oppresses me. My foes have trampled upon me all day long, for they are many who fight proudly against me. When I am afraid, I will put my trust in you. That was verse 3. Say that with me. When I am afraid, I will put my trust in you. I only like four of you said that. All right. Say that with me. When I'm afraid, I will put my trust in you. Verse 4, in God whose word I praise, in God I have put my trust, I shall not be afraid. I love this part. What can mere man do to me? All day long they distort my words. All their thoughts are against me for evil. They attack, they lurk, they watch my steps as they have waited to take my life. Again, verse 4, in God whose word I praise, in God I have put my trust, I shall not be afraid. What can mere men do to me? David has been chased everywhere. This is not, you know, hey, there's David. It's like mob mentality. He's hiding in caves. He's traveling around. And he says, what can mere men do to me? I have put my trust in God. David understood full well that men could hurt him. He understood that the king could even have him killed. But he also knew this. A physical death on earth was nothing compared to being spiritually dead. So he chose to put his fears at rest and to trust in God. You know, we started off this morning talking about fears and about the things that scare us. My friends at Monsters, Inc. found something that was a little bit more powerful than fear. I want you to watch this clip here.
They figured it out. Laughter is ten times more powerful than fear. They found out laughter stronger. My goal today was to show you that for us, faith is stronger than fear. John Wesley once said, I have never known more than 15 minutes of anxiety or fear. When I feel fearful emotions overtaking me, I just close my eyes and thank God that he is still on the throne, reigning over everything, and I take comfort in his control over the affairs of my life. So when you sense that fearful emotions are trying to take over you, ask these questions. Who made all of this? Who's really in control? Whose promise is it that he will work in all things for the good of those who love him? And in those very moments when you start to feel fear creeping in, take a second, close your eyes, and picture God on his throne, seated directly between you and whatever it is that's got you gripped in fear. Your fears try to get between you and God. We need to force them back where they belong. We need to see God between us and our fears. Today, as we come to our response time, my prayer this week has been that if any of us are struggling with fears that seem to be bigger than us, we're going to leave them here today. We're going to walk out of this place in faith, knowing that God will see us through. Now, I don't know what you need to do this morning for that to be a reality. Uh, If it's baptism, the the water's ready. If, If you need prayer, the elders are here. They'll pray with you. Whatever your response is today, I pray that it's not to allow Satan to use scare pollution against you any longer. I pray that your response today is to do just that, to walk out of here in faith, knowing that God's going to do what he says he's going to do. He's going to walk through you during this time of fear. Whatever it is that's got you gripped, God is bigger than this. And faith is bigger than fear. Will you stand and sing this song with us? And if you have a response to make, please do it.